authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of short nonfiction for authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with SJ Butler and we're chatting on how to write authentic historical fiction, how reading inspires a work of writing, cost and gaining permissions to use quotes by other authors in the genre, writing courses, self-publishing, SJ's tips, her book and more. And I must make mention, we're not promoting any services in this upcoming interview. SJ simply shares her experience of where she undertook writing courses and got help publishing her work. We're not promoting the services she mentions. As always, I advise you do your own research into any industry professional before investing in them. Unless I otherwise obviously recommend someone because, you know, I've used them myself or something like that. But in terms of who SJ has gone through with her publishing, I haven't heard of them before. I haven't gone through. It's just a conversation and also the writing courses and things like that. So the Society of Authors and Ally, which is the Alliance of Independent Authors, are good watchdog services. So you can go to their websites and check out their information on the legitimacy of players within the industry. If there is someone you've come across who is a hybrid publisher or a self-publisher or someone who does writing courses or things like that, you can maybe check these services out on these reliable sources within the, you know, the author sphere. So in my author adventure this week, it's school holidays. (laughs) So if you are a writer and a parent, you know what that means. Not a whole lot of work gets done. Uh, It depends, depends on the age of your children, really. But your workload definitely slows down. And to be honest, so it should. You know, spending time with the kidlets is equally important. And getting yourself out there and enjoying life will give your, you know, your work, your writing a freshness. And uh, it'll also expand your experiences to write about. So myself and the kids took a trip to Mandurah. For anybody who's familiar with Mandurah, it's about an hour and a bit outside of Perth, which is where we live. I honestly haven't spent that much time down there but it's really worth going there's a lot to do and see there it's a beautiful place and there's a lot of free stuff too but there's yeah there's just really really good things and we went down to visit family who was that was down there we went to see the the miniature place so we went to the miniature a maid's park it was called it wasn't as much miniature stuff as i thought there was going to be but the the little train sets going around in old england houses and things like that it was cute and uh, it was very hot here yesterday it was uh, into the 30s so we're definitely you know spring spring is upon us summer is rearing round and i'm looking forward to both so well i'm looking forward to that <laughs> anyway it's gone a bit cloudier today but uh yeah so it was nice to take that trip and drive down and drive back and um yeah we went to the beach and had a barbecue and and just stuff like that it's in even a day like i feel so like i i don't know like usually 
day, like day trips are really great. Like they, they feel, they can refresh you, inject a refreshness into you without having to go on like a week's holiday or a weekend. Like you can really, there's a lot to be said about just having a day trip and, and experiencing something new. It's definitely something I want to do more of. Time is limited and precious. So yeah, we haven't been doing too much. There's still another week to go of school holidays. Uh, I've been very aware of just letting the kids rest and mostly just catch up with their friends over the holidays. Not really planning a holiday after that big caravan escapade that we went on. <laughs> so in terms of my writing, I'm still plugging away at the women's fiction and I have completed Act 2, moving on to Act 3 next week. This project, I'm going to be sharing more about it in the coming weeks, a bit more about its story, more about the you know where it's come from and, and the, the experiences I've had with, with working on this project this year. So uh, with writing, that's my main writing project at the moment. Um, marketing efforts. I have been busy these last couple of weeks marketing my nonfiction books, freelance writing, quick tips for fast success and author fears and how to overcome them. These two books are part of a series that I call Author Linings, which is silver linings for authors. There is another book in that there as well. Really, there's a, it's a five book series. I'm hoping to get the third book in that series out by the end of the year. It's just time. It's just blue in October this weekend. Time is crazy, but, you know, I'll, I'll do a lot of reflecting in, in future episodes and I'll be able to see, you know, how much I have achieved and how much how much I've done this year. And I know it's been a lot. So, yeah, the marketing efforts are slowly still happening this week and trickling in. I'm selling books to libraries. So there's a lot going on there. I'm just plugging away at one thing at a time because that's all I have the capacity to do. One project writing, one marketing of my current list books that I have and also uh, still uh, submitting the children's fiction to traditional publishing houses. There's been a couple that are coming to a close in September this week so I've just sort of managed to slide them in there and yeah we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. That is really my working model at the moment is is how I run my, my business. I seem to not be taking part in social media as much as I have done in the past. It seems to be I'm putting out the podcast and then so say one other post. I haven't been really up to date on what's happening with events and stuff like that. I'm sure there's lots of book launches, lots of things happening. As if you listened a few weeks back, I was kind of going out to some stuff, but it is, I've kind of had my head down these last couple of weeks and just been getting on with my own stuff, really. So I'm very excited and pleased to announce the third sponsor of the Hybrid Author Podcast is Nicole Webb Book Publicity. Nicole has represented romance, suspense and alpine crime author Lee Christine, who appeared on the podcast for episode 77. It's never too late to turn lifelong dreams into reality. And Nicole is also the publicist for the upcoming episode with interview, sorry, with SJ Butler. Nicole is an author herself, so she gets what she's marketing and she's got a wealth of experience within the media industry, but I will let her tell you herself and then on with the interview. Hello, my name's Nicole Webb and I'm the owner of Nicole Webb Book Publicity. I'm originally a journalist and a newsreader with over 30 years experience in the media. My memoir, China Blonde, was published in 2020 and I'm now working on a novel set in Singapore. In the past two years, I've completed more than 20 successful author book publicity campaigns. Promoting your book can feel like a daunting task. So if you want help planning your book publicity path, I'd love to help you. If you need a compelling media release, 
send someone to pitch you and your book to the media, or perhaps you want some media training to ensure you're confident when discussing your book, then let's talk. From consultations through to full marketing campaigns, I design tailored strategies to suit your needs and to target your book to its specific audience. You can check out my website, www.nicolewebonline.com for more details. S.J. Butler was born in London, England, and grew up writing poetry in the Essex countryside. After leaving school, she turned down a place at university and instead bought a ticket to Australia for £75, courtesy of the Australian government. She planned to hang out in Australia for two years before returning to England and uni, but then met and married her husband in Australia shortly after arriving. Raising three children, working in the fields of education and human resources management, and sitting in more cold basketball stadiums than she cares to remember, SJ Butler graduated from university in her 50s, but her dream was was always to become a published author. A Very British Disaster, which is a historical fiction based on a true story during the very first Anglo-Afghan War in 1838, is the realisation of that dream. Amazing. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Steph. Thank you. That is a very colourful bio, but we'll start. If you can just let us know, how how did you come to be a writer? It sounds like it was from quite a young age. Uh, yes, I've, I've always wanted to uh, to write a book. It was on my bucket list, along with eventually going to uni. I guess it started, as I said, with science fiction stories. I was a, an avid reader of, I don't know if you've heard of them, Arthur C. Clarke, Robert Heinlein, Ray Bradbury, those, I guess, science fiction authors of the of the sort of mid-1900s, and then graduated to writing poetry. But that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. The genesis of this book, I guess, was when I read Flashman by George MacDonald Fraser. He was a fictitious character in Tom Brown's School Days, which was written by Thomas Hughes in 1857. And according to Hughes, Flashman was expelled from school for drunkenness. Oh! <laughs> um, and... Uh, banished to India, British India, where he joined the staff of the general um, in charge of the army about to invade Afghanistan. And I've told you all that because that's when, uh, in my reading, I got to the idea of a book that perhaps I could write. Uh, I don't really know why I, I thought that, but you know, that's when the idea began to emerge. So in my copy of Flashman, George MacDonald Fraser refers readers to Patrick McCrory's account and also um, Lady Sales' uh, Journal of the Disasters in Afghanistan and several others. Those books are sort of where I started to read and research with this idea in my mind that I could write a book. That's where it began. Yeah. How how long ago was this then? Long time. Mm. (laughs) Um, Over a decade. decade. So you you started reading these works and then obviously was was getting a germ of an idea and it was quite inspirational about a decade ago. And take us through the process from there. Was it, did you kind of put it down? Obviously you had a family and things like that and you were busy working and... Yes, well, let's say let's say a little bit more than a decade. Yes, it sort of came in fits and starts. I developed quite a passion for writing this book, which I think is a good thing for an author. Yes. <laughs> but I have to say, writing is quite an isolating thing. Um, you tend to not want people around you when you're writing. Well, that's, that's the way I felt anyway, which 
is difficult when you you know when you've got family and and obviously you you know you you want to um spend time with them and and you know be part of the family and then on the other hand you've got the the writing which you're also passionate about but lots and lots of reading mm. before i actually started and then once i've started many many drafts before it sort of got anywhere yeah right, you know to the point where it was readable i felt it was sort of readable and and was hitting the mark. Yeah, well, uh, we are chatting about writing authentic historical fiction today. Yes. And, uh, you know, so can you dive into the book, your book, and tell us a, a bit about it and how you've made sure, you know, you've kept the work stayed true to the authentic voice well that's what i've tried to do i guess the reader will be the judge of that i think not only the research into the actual events of the first afghan war the the events leading up to it and, and immediately after it when the you know hostages were, were rescued and so on i think when you're writing historical fiction it's also important to get across the day-to-day business of you know in this case living in the 1840s uh which is uh, you know sort of quite a challenge i think quite different uh, from today <laughs> yes it is very different certainly you know for instance certainly in india at the time which is which is where the armies essentially came from to invade afghanistan at that time there were no there there's no rail transport in that sense. And this is just an example that the fastest that things could move was the speed of a man on horseback. Wow. Um, so uh, news travelled relatively slowly, you know, what we'd consider to be quite slowly. And that had to be accounted for in the novel, which was tricky. I had to set up timelines so that everything gelled in terms of when people were sending letters, receiving letters, yeah. um, all that kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Something you don't really think about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Medicine was another issue in terms of what was around in those days in the way of medicinal treatments and so on. I remember reading during my research that there was a brief period in the middle of the 1800s when rich people per capita were actually dying at a faster rate than poor people from preventable illnesses, what we would call preventable illnesses. This was because rich people could afford doctors and poor people couldn't. And the the doctors were killing the rich people with their sort of treatments which did nothing (laughs) or or did damage. Like Um, experimental treatments or something? Yeah, well, yes, and, and with no knowledge behind them you know good scientific knowledge so lady sale with her medicine chest probably did just as well as the doctor you know those kinds of things which this is the knowledge that comes to you while you're reading that you're not even looking for um you just encounter it as you read and you store it up and one of the things i've learned is that i have to take if i'm to write another one i have to another novel of of a sort of similar genre i have to record um all my sources exactly where I read it so that I can go back to it because in this particular book I would remember that I'd read it but I wouldn't be able to remember where I'd read it or right. who had said it. Oh goodness um, me because you had read so much? Yes and because this was my first book I wasn't sort of fully across you know research in that sense and and you know the the level that I had to document to to go back to things when I needed to. Mm. Yeah so that was that added time to to the to the novel yeah i bet i bet so Mm. it sounds like uh even just with those fine details that you've shared and you can Mm. imagine 
it, there would be so much uh, mm. that you would have to account for in, in a yes. historical fiction novel to keep it authentic. Would you say, and obviously it took quite a while for the, the work to eventuate, would you say the research was more than the actual, took you more than the actual time of writing the work or was it uh, very much hard, the same? Yeah, it's hard to say because I wrote so, you know, there were so many drafts. Mm-hmm. I really did this book through trial and error. I had done no creative writing courses, nothing to prepare me for this. It, it was all just by, you know, what I thought was best Bing, yeah. at the time. And um, I think, yeah, it just just all took a really long time. Well, well, it sounds like you're talking about a second book, so it must have been a good experience. Yeah, I, I do enjoy writing, so I'd like to get another one underway. Yeah, and I think um, obviously applying the things that you've learned now, even oh, just absolutely. that tip they are saying to cite your yeah. work and where you get it from. I've, I've done, um, I've now done a couple of short courses. I'm sure I can give them a plug with the Australian Writers Centre, one or two with the Australian Society of Authors. So I kind of feel a bit better prepared and also a bit assured because a lot of what I've learned is from the courses is what I learned from writing my first book. Absolutely. Well, the, the um, calibre of, of the writing in your book is, is outstanding. So what were the courses that you took? Is it more along the historical fiction line about be just having no, a better no. workflow? Well, bear in mind, I didn't do any of those courses before I wrote No, book. no. I've done the courses since. No, one of them one of them that I'm actually currently doing is plotting and planning with the Australian right. Writers' Centre. Yep. Because what I didn't do, again, with this novel is plot it or plan it um so uh yeah i mean we live and learn so no that's good hopefully um the next one won't take me as long yeah no no that's <laughs> it i think everyone's first book is an absolute learning curve and, and yes. each one that precedes that but uh mm. no it sounds like you're and especially uh working with we're, we're big fans of the asa and uh the sharing writer center on this podcast so uh it sounds like you're you're in the right place so the book itself you know there was some quotes in there wasn't there throughout the book yes. did you have yes. to how, how did you did you have to get permission to use them through corporate yes, council or anything? Re- I didn't realise that until right. I had started working with um, Broadcast Book and Bernadette Foley. So as soon as I realised that I needed to do that, I sort of, you know, got on with it. And for the for anybody who's who's read the book, for the Dick William Dalrymple votes, I had to get permission from Bloomsbury in the UK. Right. Uh, for a, for a price. <laughs> but the McCrory, Patrick McCrory quotes were a bit more challenging because I eventually found out that the rights to his work had reverted to the family. And I was fortunate enough to be able to identify a family member online and get in touch with him. And he was kind enough to give me permission to use the quotes. Oh, that's great. So, um, that was a relief because to my mind, those quotes were integral uh, to the book, the way I'd written it. And as far as the quotes of the older sources were concerned, you know, the contemporaneous ones, I didn't need um, any permission for those because they're well out of copyright, of course. Right, yeah. That was, you know, a piece, another piece of work that I sort of had to undertake in order to get the book published. Uh, and also the image on the front of the book. I had to go to the National Army Museum in the UK for permission to use that. Wow. Again, at a cost. Like a, a lot? Or um, so not so much? Or? I think it was about, uh, I can't recall exactly, I think it was about £300, something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah, that still um, seems a lot. <laughs> yeah. And what I had wanted to do was at the National Army Museum, there are images of a lot of these people 
um, you know, in, in portraits and so forth. And I wanted to put those portraits in the book, but it just would have been too expensive. If I was William Dalrymple, I could have afforded to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I, I so that that sort of went out the window. Oh, that's crazy. His, historical fiction scares me just because there's there sounds like there's so many elements to yeah. it. You know, it's it's not just a case of just writing the book and there just seems like, like there's so much and you and and especially to keep it authentic and correct and permissions and oh, it's yeah. uh, it's it's yes. a big undertaking. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. So and, you you mentioned um, broadcast books. Are you able yeah. to uh, tell us about them? You know. How how you came across them or what's your been you know, your experience um, uh, publishing with them so i decided to uh, go with self publishing so that i could keep control over some of the aspects of the novel and i knew it was a bit niche and a little bit quaint mm-hmm. uh, and i wanted to keep that flavor and i was a bit concerned that you know had i had i um, marketed it or tried to market it to a publishing house that they would have wanted me to sort of change it or go down paths that I didn't really want to go down. So I did an online course on self-publishing through the ASA, and that was hosted by Bernadette Foley from Broadcast Books. Right, yep. And after the course, I contacted her and we went from there. And I certainly found the process of publishing more challenging than writing. Oh, really? Oh, yes. how so? <laughs> because, purely because I, I love to write. And mm. publishing to me was just a, if I was to get the book out, it was sort of a necessary evil, you know. Yeah, that's it. Well, broadcast um, books, are, are they, so are they just a service that will teach you how to self-publish rather than, do they actually, are they a, an actual self-published provider? Yes, yes. They, they, they help you to publish the book. They, they actually, um, Bernadette um, has a lot of knowledge and experience in the field. Um, there was, a, it obviously it went through a copy editing process and that was done by a lady called Sylvia. And uh, that was all, I didn't mind that. That was quite fun and mm. quite, um, I learned a lot through doing that in terms of point of view in a novel and all those aspects of writing. That, of course, I didn't know because I hadn't done any, you know, I had no qualifications in writing or um, experience in, in writing a novel. So um, I learned a lot from Bernadette and Sylvia. Mm. It was also um, of benefit because nobody else had read this at this stage. And um, Bernadette was the first person to read it and actually as somebody who hadn't seen it before and actually approach it critically and, and uh, mm-hmm. give me feedback and make some suggestions and advice and, and so on. So that was good. And I was very pleased when the copy editor found the bits in the book humorous that I had written to be humorous. That was kind That's of reassuring <laughs> because humor is a very individual thing and um, it's, it's always a risk, you know. Yeah, it's good with, that they've... humor that, yeah. that you're going to... It's going to fall flat or, you know. That's it. Good that, you know, they picked up on the quotes as well. That's something that a good editor can do. Yes, that's right. Essentially, kind of that's that's where it went. And I just worked with Bernadette and uh, and we got there. Mm. So they do the editing and things like that. Were you in charge of doing the cover and did they provide Uh, that? Well, no, we had a cover design. Yeah, and um, I also had some help with setting up my website. I never, ever thought I would have a website, but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so, look, I got a lot of help mm-hmm. getting it over the line, um, and I'm very grateful for that. I could probably have got there in the end, but it was, you know, much better for me to have that help 
and uh, and advice. Yeah, yeah, especially uh, starting out. Yeah, no, mm, that's it. That's, that's yeah. uh, good. You've had that experience. Uh, so you, you you know you've mentioned a few tips already with uh, writing the historical fiction. Yeah. Do you have any more tips you want to share with authors that are sort of starting out writing historical fiction to keep it authentic, or just any publishing self publishing advice that you you think well you know next time you're not gonna you're not gonna <laughs> do <laughs> lessons um, learned. <laughs> yes, look, I I think you can't get away from research if you're writing historical fiction there's no way around it if you want it to strike the reader as authentic the one thing that doesn't change is human nature feelings emotions and I think the trick is to combine the two the the historical context with feeling human feelings and emotions that are just as just as real then as they are today and it's the environment um, and the way people may express their feelings that's changed. You know, I read a lot of, throughout, throughout my life, I've read, read a lot of Dickens and Austen and writers of, of, of that calibre. So I had a sense for the language and the way they express themselves and so on. Um, and I think that probably helped in writing historical fiction, but you don't want to get carried away and make it unreal for the reader. The reader's still got to be able to identify with what's being said and what's being felt uh, by the by the characters. Great advice. I think that's about it. Yep. <laughs> and would you would you suggest working with a third sort of partner party like you have uh, with broadcast books to get you through the self publishing line? Do you think that's a good way for oh, people to go, or is yeah, just self look, self choice? Um, as, I, as I said, I, I might have come up with a product um, by myself, but I don't think it would be what it is without the um, advice and guidance um, mm. that I got from Bernadette and uh, and Sylvia, the, the copy editor. Yeah, amazing. Um, also the learning, you know, I, I think because I, I learned through the copy editing process right up to when it was published, I was learning and applying that learning sort of, you know, right up until the point when it was finished and had gone off to the publishing, uh, the printing place. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's fantastic. And so you're now on your marketing adventure with the book, oh. A Very British Disaster. Yes. Are you, do you have plans for the second one? Are you going to sit down and get cracking on that soon or at the moment uh, you're just yeah, enjoying? Yeah, well, kind of, I've already started sort of thinking oh, wonderful. about yep. it. And that <laughs> sounds, I know that sounds a bit, a bit like I'm prevaricating and, and I might be. <laughs> no, that's um, where it but, begins. Um, I've always found that you do need to spend a bit of time mulling over things. Um, you know, what, what you're going to, who your characters are going to be. I, without sort of giving a whole heap away because it might come to nothing, I'm sort of sticking to that period pretty much in an English setting, mm. uh, not anything to do with India or, um, you know, Afghan wars or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> so a bit of a change, but still the historical genre. Mm, fantastic. Well, it all sounds amazing. Can you tell our listeners, Steph, where they can, you know, discover a very British disaster and learn more about your upcoming work and yourself? Yes, I can tell you that if you go to my website, which is sjbutlerauthor.com, you can read about the book and, and you can buy it from me or you can buy it from um, on Amazon, um, Copia and other online booksellers. That's about the extent of where it is at the moment. Um, I'm still in in the process um, of marketing so uh, that could change but look yes it, 
if you if you go to to either the booksellers or or my website you can you can get a copy you can get an ebook if you go to um, the online booksellers um yes however you prefer read wonderful well thank you so much for your time and expertise today it's been so interesting to hear about how the book came to be and you know your adventure through bringing it out into the world and we wish you all the best for the next one thank you very much So there you have it, folks, the truly knowledgeable S.J. Butler. Her book, A Very British Disaster, while being quite niche, it's extremely well executed. It's a must-have for anyone interested in reading good writing and this type of story. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have returning guest to the show, children's fiction indie author, Christinita Brown. And Christy is sharing all on workshopping in libraries, which is big interest to children's authors and anybody looking to get into the library system to set up a workshop. It's a good way to make money as an author by putting yourself out there to workshop. So Christy's here to tell us how. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it from me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.